When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Secret Cabinet. Hello, and welcome to The Secret Cabinet. I'm Travis Dow. The original content is from Der Budler, who does the original Das Geheime Kabinett in German. And I'm the host of the History of Germany podcast, also. Today, under lock and key, mythos, chastity belts. <laughs> uh, I don't know what Budla's going to do here for the English version, but in the German version, he has a hilarious little clip of a Bavarian, like, funny tune about a guy singing about laying his woman under lock and key, so, you know, to be safe. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's going to do for the English version. But the chorus of that Bavarian ditty basically says, that's how they were, that's what they did, the... Uh, the night people, you know, in the Middle Ages. But were they really like that, the, the folks in the Middle Ages? Did they, did they really have chastity belts and such? For a long time, it was accepted history that the medieval crusaders, so between 1096 and 1291, that these crusaders locked up their wives in order to make sure of their matrimonial vows of chastity are held, lock them up in metal underwear cages. And many depictions in medieval castles and chateaus and such did a lot to further this kind of reputation and this cliché or idea. But in fact, actual proof we don't find until the early 15th century, so long after the time of the Crusades. And particularly in a work about war tactics, the Bellefortis of Conrad Caesar von Eichstätt from the year 1505, between catapults, siege engines, and technical little games, there's also surprisingly an illustration of a chastity belt with a plate with holes in the front, and directly above that, there's mounted a lock. And the description of this illustration is S. Florentinatum hoc bracelet dominarum, ferium et durum, sic reseratum. This is an underpants of hard iron which the Florentine women tend to wear 
and which is in the front, locked up in that fashion. But the good Conrad also himself writes that he had heard the whole thing as a sort of joke. And that's because in the medieval sort of humor uh, or culture, the (laughs) victory over a woman would have many parallels with the siege and conquest of a castle or fortification. So in this book on tactics, this joke about siege engines kind of fits. And because it's about Florence, there's probably also a little jest on behalf of the women of Florence and perhaps their and their virtues of chastity. Because apparently, according to the author, the women of Florence were in need of such a belt. And how probably is it anyways at all that women would wear such a chastity belt for any period of time? Given even that such a thing could exist where you have these horizontal metal stripes covering up the front area, and only the smallest of openings, sometimes even bedecked with spikes and other such things um, for excrement and other waste. Even if we assume that it was padded with some sort of leather or stuffing, um, it still wouldn't be practical in the day-to-day sort of life. Not to mention huge health risks. Any sort of complications with waste material being removed from the body quickly devolves into some sort of situation with infections and parasites and all sorts of other illness. Not to mention infections just from the chaffing, even with stuffing and leather, just on the places of your body where, you know, where it would just not be comfortable over time. And therefore, it should be no surprise that almost all of the exhibited chastity belts uh, turned out to be much younger than uh, thought or completely falsified authenticity. And most have since been quietly removed from most of the museums. Especially remarkable is the fact that these are in astoundingly well-preserved conditions and show very little rust for an object which would be in constant contact with both the body and bodily fluids. Also, archaeologically speaking, these objects are simply missing from the records. With one exception, 1889, in the city of Linz, there was supposedly found a chastity belt made of iron and leather in the exhumation of a grave, and was purchased by the collector Anton Pachinger. Supposedly, the chastity belt was still found around the waist of a girl buried in the 16th century. However, the piece and all documents around the piece and regarding the piece have since then somehow gone missing, so that, once again, the whole story seems pretty questionable. So, but then why were these chastity belts depicted over and over again in the 15th and 16th centuries in contemporary drawings and illustrations? Did they exist? There are several theories regarding this. So first of all, yes, they did exist, but they were more thought of as rape protection. So like servant girls can protect themselves from foremen or owners or masters, um, that were a little bit too forward, let's say. But even here, again, just wearing a chastity belt for such a long time would really be bad for your health. So again, the reasons kind of speak against this of, you know, as actually have happened. 
it would have just made walking and movement so much harder and probably over over time pretty painful the second theory chastity belts were some sort of sexy lingerie just then as now making certain areas of your body kind of hard to get to kind of like in the t- in today's S&M scene that sort of thing maybe it was already popular back then as some sort of erotic game so maybe back in the day they had these bordellos where you could have people locked up in these iron chastity belts. And then the John just merely had to go buy the key from the madame or, or pimp at the who owned the place, just to make sure everything went according to the contract. And it does kind of fit that many of the illustrations are in the context of bordellos or bathhouses, that sort of thing. However, even then, this sort of obstacle wouldn't really slow someone down, but was more of a symbolic nature. Which brings us to theory number three, the chastity belt as mere symbol for loyalty and chastity, either in a serious context or as a sort of satirical commentary. If you'd like an example, around 1160 or 1170, there was a Tonic poet Gurgimar wrote down that two lovers, as they parted ways, gave each other articles of clothing. She gave him a shirt that was tied in such a way in the front, that, and he asked her only to love the woman which could untie the knot without brute force. And in return, she gets a chastity belt from him with the instruction that she should only give her love to him who without violence, can open the lock. Locks and knots. I wonder what that stands for. And of course, if you're thinking of belts or girdles, then of course, obviously, immediately, who comes to mind? Huh? That's right. Siegfried and Brunhilde. For those of you that don't know the story, uh, Siegfried, who had bathed in dragon blood and was therefore near nearly invincible, like the princess Kriemhild, but only gets her if if he helps the king Gunther to get the somewhat coy Icelandic queen Brunhild. She likes kind of sportly dudes and challenges them all to kind of a sort of Icelandic triathlon. Since Gunther seems to be kind of from the smaller sort, Siegfried has to step up that with nasty tricks and and a cloaking cap lets Gunther appear as the winner. But unfortunately, also that thing with the wedding night also didn't quite work out for Gunther, which according to medieval sort of law meant that the marriage could have been void. So again, here Siegfried has to step up. At this, he takes off her belt which had given her superhuman strength, at least that's what Gunther probably says. And according and in and in the original, so donna was auch sie nicht stärker dann ein anderer Weib. Even she was not stronger than any other woman. So I guess she didn't make Gunther any more problems after this. So here again, the belt is sort of a symbol for chastity. And in German, there's a 
Toya Alert podcast, which there's a whole three episodes, 14, 15, and 16, to the uh, Nibelungen legend. But then there's also theory four, which is, yeah, yeah, the, you know, Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, in medieval times, basically anything was possible. Those guys, who knows, they were up for everything. They didn't they think that the world was flat and were not educated and superstitious. And so, of course, they locked women in chastity belts. That's at least what the Renaissance and the centuries afterwards, they kind of looked, looked at it as. Even just the term Middle Ages kind of hints at that. It comes from the humanists from the Renaissance, which, you know, they want to separate themselves from the so dark and backwards time period and wanted to kind of, you know, put a border between them themselves and the Middle Ages as their rebirth, the Renaissance of the antiquity and classical period. Misconceptions and kind of stereotypes over the Middle Ages were just unquestioned and passed on. And so even a satirical or funny idea of a chastity belt could now be kind of passed on as, you know, truth, as fact. And not quite as dismissible would be theory number five, that the chastity belt were, was a sort of torture or perhaps, sh you know, instrument for, for punishment and shame. The Middle Ages, and especially the early modern period, like to have these sort of mirroring punishments, which sort of, you know, a punishment that fit the crime. So therefore, a punishment of an unchaste woman might be forced to wear one of these chastity belts. That would sort of fit into this picture. But even here, there's no evidence for it. And especially in the area of justice, often we do find a pretty good record of, of what was used and what wasn't used. So we should be able to find something in the file somewhere of a chastity belt being used for punishment. But there's no such thing. And by the way, in the 19th century, the chastity belts had their own sort of renaissance, namely in the spreading fear of the masturbation craze. But in that case, bandages and even chastity belts, it was only for youth, both genders, to protect themselves from laying their hands on, the, on themselves. Some believed in a almost hysteric sort of prudence that masturbation had serious physical and even spiritual consequences and damage. From brain softening to back weakening to cancer, leprosy, acne, all sorts of medical tools and instruments with registered patents of the most diverse sorts of chastity belts were available all through the 1930s. But even here, we need to ask how often these chastity belts were actually worn in, de in reality. However, they can be found today. They are still used here and there, as already mentioned in the sort of S&M scene. As opposed to earlier times, it's now worn voluntarily, and the material and comfort probably 
came quite a long ways in the last few years. That wouldn't be much for me. But perhaps one just needs to be unlocked for such possibilities. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.